and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Being single is a big deal in our current culture. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Latest statistics uh, around 2016, the U.S. Census Bureau give us some numbers for the United States, and here they are. There are 110.6 million, I said million, singles ages 18 and over in the U.S. of A. 110.6 million singles, 53.2% of them are women. 46.8% are men. Now listen to this breakdown of those 110.6 million singles. 63.5% of them never married. 23.1% are divorced. And 13.4% are widowed. So you have those uh, categories there. So I would say that uh, addressing uh, singleness is a very important uh, matter. It's something that we need to look at with, um, I would say, all of those people in our country being single. Well, for followers of Jesus, the right perspective on living single is found, obviously, of course, in the Bible, in the Word of God. Um, As believers, we just need to always default back to the Word of God. Can I just say that again? As true followers of Christ, we just need to always default back to the Word of God. That needs to be our starting point. Point. And it makes sense to get God's perspective on things. Saves us a lot of heartache and puts us in the right place when we get God's perspective and follow it. The uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is, is a major source of truth on singleness. And that's where I'm focusing uh, this podcast today, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. If you're where you can uh, open your Bible, either on your device or, or uh, the actual book, you ought to do it. You ought to turn to 1 Corinthians 7. It's just loaded with good truth there. And, and I would encourage you to do that. If, if you're not where you can get to it, uh, make a mental note. Spend some time reading that chapter and let God just speak to your heart. In the meantime, let's see what what it says. And so here in 1 Corinthians 7, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, addresses three different groups of singles. Um, In in, uh, verse 8 of of chapter 7, he says, but I say to the unmarried and to widows. And so he breaks those down. Unmarried uh, in this context are people that have previously been married but are now divorced. And so that's one category of of singles, those who were were married and are now divorced. And then another category are the widows. And and that's obvious. Uh, It could be widows and widowers, uh, people that have are no longer married by means of death of a of a spouse. And then in verse 25, he uh, says, now concerning virgins, and um, uh, virgins represents that category of people that have never been married. So once again, these three different groups of singles that Paul is addressing, the unmarried or the divorced, the widows uh, or widowers, and 
thirdly, the virgins or those who have never been married. So, uh, in, in these passages, and I'm not going to take time in this short podcast to go through all three of them and, and to uh, talk to the specifics of each one of those three different groups. Uh, don't have time on this podcast, but I do want to, to mention that to all singles, to all singles, Paul makes it clear right in verse 1 and the first part of verse 2 that uh, for, for singles, there is no sexual activity outside of marriage. Um, and, and I, you know, in a way, I just hate to start off it with a negative, but we've got to understand this is an issue that has to be addressed head on. We can't stick our head in the sand about it. Uh, we, we've got to see what God says. Listen to what chapter 7 verse 1 says. Now concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, but because of immoralities, each man is to have his own wife and each woman to have her own husband. Here's what Paul's saying. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. That was a Jewish um, euphemism uh, to to uh, uh, describe sexual intercourse. So when he says it's good for a man not to touch a woman, he's saying it is good, it is the right thing not to have sexual intercourse outside of marriage. How do I know that? Because verse 2 says, but because of immoralities. And so he's linking sexual intercourse outside of marriage outside of marriage, with immorality. It is a sin. And there are plenty of other places in the Scripture where that thought is backed up. So to all singles, this is not what you want to hear, and I understand that, but God is saying, all right, let's start. There's no place for sex outside of marriage. Now, Paul goes on to address that. If there is a burning passion... Only marriage is the place to fulfill that drive. Listen to what verse 9 says, But if they do not have self-control, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And so uh, Paul is saying there, again, he's reaffirming the place for sexual activity is only within the bound of, bounds of marriage. Now, I don't think that Paul is saying there that uh, you, 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 you have the hots and, and you, you just need to get married because of that. Uh, there's more to marriage, obviously, than that. And so that's not the only reason to get married. That is not what he's saying. He is saying he's reaffirming um, the sanctity of marriage and sex within marriage. Now, uh, Paul also in this passage is saying that marriage and singleness is a gift of God. I love that. He says in verse 7, Yet I wish that all men were even as I myself am. Now, uh, before I go on with the rest of that verse, let me just say that Paul obviously is at this point in his life single. There's a good chance that he was married, and perhaps he's a widower, uh, and there's reasons for believing that that I'm not going to go into today, but but, uh, Paul is now single, and he's wishing that all were single as himself, and and again, He's got a reason for saying that, too, and I'll get to that in a moment. But he says, however, each man has his own gift, and I would say each person, because here in the Scripture, uh, man is more of a generic term for men and women. Every man and woman have their own gift from God, 
one in this manner and another in that. In other words, some have the gift of marriage, some have the gift of singleness. Both are a gift from God. And one is not necessarily better than the other. As a matter of fact, some people are single for right now. Others are called to a life of singleness. Are you following what I'm saying there? Some are single for right at this very moment. Others are called to a life of singleness. Um, you, as a single, if I'm talking, I'm sure I'm talking to singles right now. Um, as a single, you know, I mean, if you have that great burning desire to be married, that there's nothing wrong with that. And Paul says that right here in this passage. Read through it for yourself. Nothing wrong with wanting to be married. It is a gift from God. And some are single for right now. You're walking in this season of singleness, but it won't be for all of your life. Others are called, and you know that you're called, and you have no desire to be married, and you know that you're called to a life of, to a life of singleness, and that's good too. Here's what we need to understand from these, these verses. There are advantages and challenges for both marriage and singleness. There are advantages and challenges. Let's look at what verses 32 to 30, 35 say about that subject. Verse 32 says, But I want you to be free from concern. One who is unmarried is concerned about the things of the Lord how he may please the Lord. But one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and his interests are divided. The woman who is unmarried and the virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and spirit. But one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. This I say for your own benefit, not to put a restraint upon you, but to promote what is appropriate and to secure undistracted devotion to the Lord." So in that passage, uh, Paul is making clear the advantages of being single. The advantages of being single is you don't have the concerns, the pressures of married life. And there are pressures in married life. On the other hand, for those that are called to marriage, there is that, that beauty that God is the one that developed marriage, right? He put Adam and Eve together and said, uh, you know, rule over the creation and, and be fruitful and multiply and so on and so forth forth. And so there are wonderful advantages in marriage and and there are also the challenges that your interests are divided. There are wonderful advantages in singleness. Your interests are not divided. You can focus uh, on the things of the Lord. And so we have to understand that. Now I want to to, uh, give a word to the church and to married people. Listen up. Listen up. There's so much misunderstanding there and singles get treated I think, and maybe maybe uh, not even on purpose, but singles get treated sometimes as half persons. You know, when you're going to get married, why aren't you married? What's wrong with you? Um, that kind of thing, and and it may not come across quite that upfront, but that's how many singles are receiving it. What we need to do as a church and as mar- and those that are married need to honor singleness. Understand that it is God's gift. Understand what Paul said right here uh, about and how he lifted up singleness. And as a church and as married people, we need to do that. Now, here's some words to the singles. Listen carefully. Make Jesus your focus. Only He can satisfy. There is not a man out there, there's not a woman out there that can totally fulfill you and complete you. 
Never, never. We all are sinners. We all have our positives, but we all have our negatives. And only Jesus was the complete person. And I want to tell you, if you are always looking, looking, and that's what happens. See, singles uh, that want to fill that void, they're looking, and they'll sometimes they'll jump for just anything, and they find themselves living in an together in in uh, a relationship that doesn't honor God, et cetera, et cetera get themselves in trouble. Uh, Make Jesus your focus first and foremost. Honor God with your body. You heard what we said in the beginning of this podcast. Trust the Lord. God can give you the ability to restrain yourself when you're focusing on Jesus and finding your satisfaction in Him. Develop and nurture relationships in the body of Christ apart from looking for a spouse. Uh, develop healthy relationships. God can use those relationships to bring a certain level of fulfillment and satisfaction to you in a godly way. And and within the guidelines of Scripture, if you have a desire to be married, married, trust God for that marriage while you're focusing on Jesus. Trust God. Enjoy this season of your of your life. Use it while you're undivided to focus on the things of the Lord and trust God to bring that right person into your life. You can be single and satisfied, single and satisfied in the season that you're in. And for those of you that call that are called to lifetime of singleness, praise God for you. Give your life to the Lord, and may we as a church honor you and honor honor singleness. Single and satisfied. Praise the Lord. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.